on WJR's Sports Rep. Sports Rep. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills, for the Pro-Am. And the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, happy Sunday to you. Uh, I got to say, uh, I, I, I did something yesterday that I didn't realize I missed so much. And it was it's something that I haven't done in well over a year. Thanks a lot, COVID. But but it's something that I didn't I didn't even know I I missed. I didn't know I, I guess I didn't know I missed it to the extent in which I did. So I, I I was at a tiger game this weekend, Nick. I went to a tiger game. Wow. And and I know you went a couple of weeks ago. I, I didn't. It's not even the game that I. I missed because I did, but it was, you know, a beer and some peanuts at a baseball game. Like, are there any simpler pleasures in life? And some fresh air too. And some fresh air. Now, I, yeah, I, I had a great, my wife and I went, we had a great time. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, you don't deal with a lot of the, I mean, look, there's only 20% capacity allowed at the park at, uh, at any given game. And so it's not even like you got to deal with traffic. It's a very, it's a very enjoyable experience. Um, and we, it was kind of a, a last minute thing. We, we hadn't planned on going, but we were like, let's, let's go to a game. So we, we bought tickets a couple hours beforehand and went to the game and it was great. You, you, I mean, parking was a breeze because there's nobody there. I mean, there's just, there's, there, you're not packing Comerica park and the, you know, certainly the, the performance on field doesn't help that either. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, it, it, we went Saturday. So the, the Tigers beat the Cubs, uh, a walk off in the 10th inning, and then they get uh, beat around today. Uh, they lose five to one. Uh, but I do have a couple of, I guess, constructive criticisms for the Tigers organization game day folks. So. I don't understand why you're why they're doing a lot of the same things that they've done when you got a full crowd. Like, I get it. You're gonna do the hat game and the race around the whatever. Fine, the fine. That's not for me. That's for somebody else. But it's like when they throw the, you know, the, the get loud meter up on the big screen and they're <laughs> telling everybody to let's go get loud. And it's like the, there's t- 10 people there. No, nobody's getting loud for for a Miguel Cabrera bat who's batting like 190. Like nobody, nobody's getting loud for that. And so uh, that seems strange to me that that's how you'd want to do this. Like I, I, there has to be another way to get people involved. And it's like the, the, the meter is not real. It's not like the, the, the volume of the crowd is it's it's a it's a computer program. So that's, it's a very simple observation. Just it, it change the game day experience a little bit. Is that what, did you have any of that experience more, when you like went a couple weeks ago? Friendly. Well, I, 
not even no i just mean like nobody is nobody is expecting the crowd to be loud enough to where it's gonna you know move the meter it just it's not it's 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 not real it just seems fake so for me there has to be a different way to engage the fans now to be fair i mean everybody had a great time i know nobody was i mean everybody seemed to be having a good time now you were lucky enough to go after the mask mandate had been lifted and I went a few weeks ago in where we were required yes. to wear a mask. So what was it like at Comerica Park like that? Well, it was, it was, first of all, it was a breeze. So, you know, when you go to a game now, you got to eat. Uh, all their tickets are, are you know, uh, they're all scannable tickets on your phone. So you, when you log on into the ballpark app, you got to fill out a, you know, a, a health survey or whatever. So when you get to the line, you show them you're, you've completed the survey and then in you go. So we wore our mask. We were outside, you know, at, at the big tigers, we were outside Comerica park front gate. Uh, we were wearing our mask. We get in and, um, I said, uh, we, they scanned our tickets. So we're in the concourse. Now I said, are we good to take the mask off on the concourse or do we still, still need to wear it here? She goes, no, you're good. So we took them off when we got in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I put it on if I had to go to the restroom. Right. I mean, you're in closed place, I guess. I was just trying to be courteous. Yeah. Um, but no, nobody was really wearing masks and and certainly not at your. No, I thought it was I thought it was uh, it was it was a relatively normal experience. So normal. In fact, if you go back to like 2000 and, you know, three, four, like the Bobby Higginson era when they just stunk. That's kind of what that's kind of what COVID Tiger games reminds me of. Sounds like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 like, look, uh, the the elbow room you get is 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 it's not too shabby. Yeah. So if you haven't gone, I would encourage you to go. It's a great time. I, I missed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We had a good time, and and we'll be we'll, we'll we're gonna hit a couple more games here before the end of the year. All right, lots of other stuff going on, Nick. I know you've got some stuff written down. Let's get to uh, what you've got written down on your piece of paper there. Yeah. So today, Tigers fall to the Cubs five one. Matthew Boyd went six innings, got the loss. Kyle Hendricks took a shutout into the ninth for the Cubs. Detroit now heads to heads to Seattle for a three game series. Casey Mize will start the ten p.m. game tomorrow night. Lions finished their rookie minicamp today in Allen Park. First-round pick Penay Sewell was not in attendance after testing positive for COVID-19. The rookies will join, or excuse me, the veterans will join the rookies for OTAs on May 25th. Pistons wrap up the season at home tonight against the Miami Heat. The next big date for them, the NBA draft lottery, will be on June 22nd. Uh, big news, Ben Wallace will be going to the Basketball Hall of Fame later this year. Also in this year's class, Chris Weber, Chris Bosch, Paul Pierce, head coaches Rick Adelman and Bill Russell, Villanova head coach Jay Wright, and former WNBA stars Yol- Yolanda Griffith and Lauren Jackson will all be enshrined on September 11th. K.H. Lee wins the AT&T Byron Nelson by three strokes. Sam Burns finished in solo second two weeks after winning the Valspar Championship. Alex Bowman wins the NASCAR Cup Series at Dover. And file this under, never thought I'd see the day, Albert Pujols will be signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That will become official wow. tomorrow. Wow. You ever thought Albert Pujols, no. the Cardinals great, would be on the Dodgers? No. No. That is something I, that's a, uh, no. 
No, I would not have thought that was would ever be happening. Uh, you talked about Lions rookie minicamp wrapping up today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, some interesting things uh, developing out of Allen Park. We'll talk to our friend Eric Schlitt over at Pride of Detroit. That's coming up next at 618. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap just getting underway on this beautiful, off and on rainy Sunday evening. Ben Wallace gets the haul. We got an epic tank job coming out of LCA. And this team only going up. We'll talk about that as well. Don't go anywhere. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy here on Sports Wrap on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Let's take you now to the podium and Lions owner Bill Ford. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Right now, Wayne Fonts and his staff are no longer the coaches of the Detroit Lions. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so certainly a different scene out in Allen Park. Uh, Over the last few years, media has not been allowed to attend rookie minicamp. Uh, Well, that has changed in the Dan Dan Campbell era. Uh, As media finally uh, allowed once again to observe rookie minicamp, and we've got some observations for you, courtesy of our friend Eric Schlitt, managing editor of Pride of Detroit, who joins us this evening on Sports Wrap. Eric, how are you? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You let me know when Eric is ready, uh, Jason. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, there are some, obviously, look, Panay Sewell is not there. And uh, because of his positive COVID test. So he is uh, on the shelf. Now, there are some some players here that I uh, am really interested uh, to hear more about. Uh, Amon Ra is somebody, uh, or, or excuse me, Amon Ra St. Brown is somebody who I think is going to be a real player on this team. Uh, to what capacity yet, we'll find out as, as camp moves along. Um, but certainly some some players uh, outside of him. Derek Barnes is another guy I can't wait to hear about. Uh, and I think Eric's ready. Eric Schlitt over at Pride of Detroit with us. Eric, hey, how are you? Hey, guys. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry about Good. that. That's um, all right. So, so uh, uh, last couple of years, you haven't been able to, to head on out to Allen Park to watch Ricky Minicamp. You got the opportunity this year. Um, uh, love to know, first of all, uh, what was, uh, the, kind of the vibe there with, with Dan Campbell running the show? Yeah, it was very different, right? Um, yeah, minicamp was something that was phased out when, uh, Bob Quinn took over, uh, he reduced the amount of days under, uh, Caldwell, and then he, uh, eliminated them entirely under Patricia. And, um, yeah, there was definitely a different feel uh, out there today. It's everybody's uh, more relaxed, you know, from from the staff that we interact with to uh, the what you know what we saw from the coaching staff. The players uh, look to be having a lot more fun out there as well. Uh, it, it's it's really a unique balance and finding a way to keep players competitive and keeping their energy levels up at the same time not wanting them to overdo it to the point where they could get injured uh, and also allowing them to have fun. And, and I felt like the, that this, uh, this coaching staff was able to strike that balance today. So 
uh, it, it was fun to watch. It was, you know, it was different. Usually a lot of the, uh, you know, raised voices uh, in the previous couple of years have been because of uh, mistakes and, and, you know, players being, uh, you know, told how to correct things. And, and it was different. The raised voices today were positivity and it was good jobs. And uh, when they needed to do corrections, the corrections were more, you know, between the coach and the player and it wasn't as, as, as boisterous. And so uh, there was, there was definitely a different feel in how they approach the players. And, and like I said, they seem to be having fun. They, they introduced some games at one point and, the, and there was a lot of laughing. And, uh, but again, it was still competitive games that were, so they were keeping up that, that whole atmosphere of, of still trying to take things seriously and be, uh, you know, competitive and aggressive. Uh, no quarterbacks in rookie minicamp, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that there was uh, a, a lack of excitement. Um, specifically interested in what's going on in the trenches. Obviously, they, they go and take um, Panay Sewell, who's not participate or did not participate uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but you've got guys like uh, Onzerike and McNeil who are you know are, are highly drafted, highly touted, and and going to be playmakers on this team or at least factors um what did you see specifically from them the the hard part with the uh mini camp is that you don't have pads on and and so with no pads you're not going to get a whole lot of uh information out of the trenches right uh it's just not you know, co- cohesive, right. For what you're trying to, to take away from it. But what you got instead was a lot of individual drills and the, the offensive line, the three offensive linemen that were there were working uh, heavily with, with Hank Fraley. And then the two, uh, you know, uh, day two draft picks were working one-on-one with, or well, two-on-one with Todd Wash. And then there was another assistant coach there uh, as well, uh, Kevin, Kelvin Shepard. And so they were doing a lot of just bag drills and, um, you know, get offs and like just uh, different techniques on how to pass rush. And so there, there just wasn't as exciting uh, uh, of information. But I mean, those guys are, they, they're very fast, you know, they're very quick out of their stance. They're very strong. And, I, and you know, they, they matched uh, a lot of what, you know, we've seen from sure. them from their college days. Uh, but I, but I think we're, we're not going to find out really what they have in the trenches uh, for a while now. So with no quarterback and no pads, how did someone really like stick out to you in minicamp? So with no quarterback, they had to rely on um, different coaches to, to throw the ball around in different situations. And so that means at, at a couple points, they had multiple coaches like Mark Brunel was throwing it. Uh, uh, Antoine Randall, former college uh, quarterback as well, was throwing it. And then Tanner Engstrand, who is an offensive quality control coach, he's also a quarterback uh, from uh, San Diego State. Uh, and he looks like he could still play. Like he was throwing the ball really well. I was very <laughs> impressed with him. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they had him when they needed to. And, I, I, you know, he's not an NFL quarterback, but he was impressive for a coach. Uh, that's for certain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, better, better than I expected. Most of us expected. Right. So, um, so yeah, he could, he could still throw the ball, but again, with no pads, you know, these guys are running, um, not full out, but you know, three quarter speed, maybe 80%. Right. And, uh, there's when the ball's in the air, then they, you know, they still really go after it. Um, and, and I mean, like, 
so what you're looking for from a, a skill player is you're looking for what do the running backs have the right vision to hit the right hole? Do you, the uh, receivers have uh, crisp routes, even when it's like not at a hundred percent, are they still, you know, very efficient in, in how they operate when they're in, in phase. And so you get to see those types of things. Like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he, he was billed as a very professional uh, you know, uh, route runner, right? And you saw that, right? Uh, you saw the quickness from a guy like Tom Kennedy that we've seen in the past, who's who's a very quick slot receiver who uh, has never really broken in just yet. But the, that quickness, there, there's a role for that, and and the opportunities there again for for Tom Kennedy to break in. So those are the types of things that that you get to see. And um, you know, there was a few guys that stood out. You know, the the I'll, I'll even mention uh, Jonathan Adams and uh, Javon McKinley each caught really nice touchdown passes where they like won a 50-50 ball today, put themselves in good spots, used their bodies well, secured the catch. And so there were some positives from the uh, offensive side of the ball, sure. especially with the I mean, skill players. We got about 30 seconds left here. Mm-hmm. What stuck out to you Stuck out to you like a sore thumb? I mean, what, what was something that you weren't expecting to see but you saw? I, I, I just think it was just the relaxed atmosphere when they broke out into a game and they made the games like competitive. It wasn't just like simple, easy stuff. They were still able to, they were able to relax players, but still keep that competitive edge. Uh, that was something I, that I wasn't expecting to kind of jump out in the middle of a practice. So, uh, so uh, as your first kind of glimpses of what Dan Campbell is doing as a coach, uh, it, you know, obviously in rookie minicamp, you're not getting a full picture, but certainly mm-hmm. laying the groundwork on, on kind of what he and his staff are going to be about. Interesting stuff. Uh, Eric Schlitt over at Pride of Detroit. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And don't be a stranger. I'd love to have you back on. Super. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. There he is. Eric Schlitt over at Pride of Detroit. Interesting stuff from Lions rookie minicamp over this uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday weekend. All right. More to come. Coming up next. The, this Detroit team, to the to the nth degree, have just done a marvelous job at the tank. We'll talk about that coming up, and a former Detroit athlete going into Hall. We'll talk about that on Sports Rep coming up next. Now back to more Sports Rap. presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, little trivia question for you. How many NBA Hall of Famers have been inducted who were undrafted, went undrafted in the NBA draft? The answer is one. Now, uh, thanks to... The fro, Ben Wallace, going into the hall, first undrafted player to do it. And Nick, I, look, I know you were a part of those, uh, that, that 04 run and, and the going to work Pistons. There, that, there was just, there just wasn't a team like the Pistons, the going to work Pistons, um, really throughout that whole run. Um, and Ben Wallace, just the, the, the chess piece in the middle of all of it. 
that just it, it was like the 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 straw that stirred the drink without Ben Wallace that team just doesn't they they just don't perform the way they did Ben Wallace well there was a, there was an attitude to it that he brought to that team you could say that about just about everyone on that team well you that's probably starters. true like you take one guy out and it's a completely different team are you surprised he's getting into the Hall of Fame though almost this quickly for someone who's averaged what under seven points per game in his career. And, and granted, we all know that that's not what he did. He led the league in rebounding, he led the league in block shots. Yeah. He was tremendous defensively, but I am a little surprised. Defensive player of the year, 02, 03, 05, and 06. Yeah. I mean, look, as somebody who, who there, there was no, uh, there was no, you know, fanfare around Ben Wallace coming into his his pro life. Played two seasons at Cuyahoga Community College in in Cleveland, then played at Virginia Union, a D two school, and won undrafted in '96. Played a little in Italy, and then came in, home inside with the Bullets, uh, where he played his first three years of his career. Then he was traded to Orlando. Uh, traded from Orlando, excuse me, w- uh, in that Chucky Atkins deal of Pistons uh, sign and trade for Grant Hill back in 2000, and then it just it just that's kind of when everything started clicking, um, you know, with with everybody else that came in, you know, Chauncey and, and Rip and Rasheed that's and good. everybody. Yeah. Um. But it it was the going to work Pistons that 04 run. Um. You know, some of those playoff games were wild. Yeah. I mean, not even what was happening. I mean, just the the stadium, the fans, was just wild, and and <laughs> I mean Ben Wallace, it, it, he wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't he wasn't the tallest center in the world. In fact, he was sh- on the shorter end of it. But he was so physical and athletically. I mean, he was a freak. Um, you know, shutting down you know guys like you know, Shaq or whatever. I mean, it was just, he was an, a, an incredible player. So I'm so happy that Ben Wallace is getting in. Am I a little surprised? Yeah, probably a little bit. I think what probably puts him over the top is the four time defensive player of the year. It's gotta be, that's gotta be the, 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 the I mean, the, the, it, what tips it over because you look at what he averaged in his, um, you know, nearly 1100 career games, 5.7 points, 9.6 rebounds and a little over a steal with two blocks averaging about 30 minutes a game. I mean, those numbers aren't incredibly, you know, jaw dropping, but his presence was, was incredibly intimidating. Yeah. In an era that was a lot more defensively uh, minded than today's no doubt, incredibly physical. So I'm, I'm so happy for bad amps. It just, just, it's awesome. It's just another feather in the cap of that that whole era for the Pistons. Speaking of the Pistons, I gotta say, what Troy Weaver is doing, what Troy Weaver is doing with this team, general manager Troy Weaver, it, it's it's a symphony. Made ten deals in eleven months, uh, twelve months. If he couldn't find a scooter for Blake Griffin, screw it, just cut. I mean, you look at what he did to acquire some of these picks, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay. All those guys are sticking around. Those are 
three players, two are coming off trades uh, that you acquired those picks, and you're going to keep all of them. You got two probably top 10 rookies in, in Stewart and Bay. And, and Killian Hayes is, he, you know, he might be the best of all of them. Just in terms of long-term NBA sustainability. And not only do they have some pieces that they can work around, but now you're going to be in a position where you're going to have one of the three best chances to land the top pick in the NBA draft in, in the lottery. Look, Cade Cunningham is there. He's in play. Tanking is, it can be an art. And what Troy Weaver has done has been, it's been a symphony because you tank in a way where it sets your team up for a high draft pick, but your future can be cloudy. But their future isn't cloudy. They've got players here. And now you've got an opportunity to add another top three talent. Cade Cunningham may be your guy. Really like him. Jalen Suggs is going to be there too. So, all of those, all of these pieces that Troy Weaver has moved around has been fantastic, and he's done it. Uh, he's done it perfectly. Like I, I'd love to look. Not a lot of people like the tanking mindset. I'd love to get your thought on what Troy Weaver and, and Dwayne Casey have been able to do with this team. I think it's great if you hit on the draft picks. I mean, we've seen the 76ers do it kind of to the extreme where they missed on a couple draft picks. We've seen teams try and tank and take an Anthony Bennett with a first pick overall. If you hit on the draft pick, I think it's great. But if you take Anthony Bennett first or someone like that in the mm-hmm. past, it's just a wasted year. You, you got to, if you have the first pick, second pick, third pick, you got to hit on it. I well, and I agree. Because I agree. you're fucking purgatory. If you're not, taking, you're not going to be uh, a good playoff team. You're not going to be competing for the NBA Finals. So I, I, I don't mind tanking, but I, I don't want to be tanking for five years and, and keep whiffing on draft picks. But look, but our, so now look at the Troy Weaver uh, timeline here. You get three guys last year that are all going to be major players for this team going forward. Yeah, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay. Does you that still give you stars. any hope? I mean, yeah, they're they're good players, but in the no, end, no, 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 they're not stars. No, 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 they're not stars. But my point is, in terms of playmakers, in terms of guys that are going to be active in this organization going forward, uh, just look at the, the 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 small track record that Troy Weaver has, and I'm 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 optimistic. Yeah, so am I. Absolutely. I th- I think you he's, know. I mean, he he remember the draft. He he made so many trades just draft day. Yes. So he's not afraid to to move around and and the Isaiah Stewart pick especially was not really uh, beloved on draft day because mm-hmm. he he was a undersized center in a league that's going small with more switching defensively. But the way he's played this year, it's really it's it's where it's worked out. And it's not to say that, that that they're going to be able to continue to play at this clip going forward. But my point is, at least 
his eye for talent is there. He's got guys, and, and he's got guys in this system that are a testament to that. So interesting stuff, uh, and and we'll just keep an eye on it because that's coming up as well. All right, more to come here on Sports Wrap. We got Spin on Golf coming your way at 7 o'clock. We'll talk to the guys coming up. Uh, also, NHL playoff Stanley Cup action is underway. We'll talk with our Sean Belegian about that, too, as Sports Wrap continues here on WJR. On WJR's Sports Rep. Sports Rep. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills, for the Pro-Am. And the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, welcome back. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. They got started yesterday. Uh, Wild win in overtime this evening. One to nothing over Vegas. Helping us break it down before his golf duties begin. Sean Belegian. Hey. Chris, three games, three overtimes. It is the best playoff. I don't care oh. what anybody says. I'm incredibly biased. I openly admit that. But uh, what more could you ask for? Three games, three overtimes. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, another game dropping the puck in about uh, 10 minutes. But surely everybody's going to be listening to Spin on Golf here on 760 WJR. But uh Hey, that wild team is is a tough, tough team. Uh, don't look past that team. They're they're certainly capable of, of pulling an upset. I know a lot of people like Vegas to uh, advance to the Stanley Cup Finals again. I, I'm sticking with Colorado, but uh, Wild play tough, man, and they showed it tonight. The Lightning are your uh, Stanley Cup champs. Uh, they've got the Panthers uh, here in round one. Uh, that's coming up tonight at 7.30. What do you like of that series? I, the, the Tampa Bay is still so incredibly talented. They're deep. Um, it, it's not a surprise that they won the Cup last year, but um, I got to imagine that they're one of the teams that are right at the top of the list that are, that are right in the mix of this thing. Yeah, I agree with you. But, hey, look, you know, much like we were just saying about Minnesota, this, this Florida team is good. Um, you know, maybe they don't have the, the cachet that, that, you know, some other teams do, but – uh, right now, I mean, I, I think Jonathan Huberdro is is in the conversation for most underrated player in the National Hockey League. I, I say that knowing that Bergeron in Boston still has air in his lungs because he is he, he is just perpetually underrated. But you know, right now, a lot of things working well for Florida, and and, and let's not forget they actually had more points than Tampa, but. Uh, Chris, to your original statement, uh, look, Tampa's got the bin there, done that mentality. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're going to be a different team come playoff time, and that's going to be such a fun division to to watch these teams do battle because you Carolina wins the division, right, but Nashville's been red hot to finish the season. That's not going to be an easy series. Uh, Florida-Tampa's not going to be an easy series, so – uh, Central Division, there's going to be a heck of a lot of action, no doubt. 
You talk about Florida. You talk about uh, Minnesota. Who's your most underrated team in this tourney? You know what? I, I'm telling you what. The, the St. Louis Blues, look out. Uh, they, they, they looked right at the end of the season. They looked like the team that won the Stanley Cup uh, uh, just a couple short years ago. And, and it's interesting because they, they kind of meandered their way uh, Chris through through the season and, and then late they they got hot at the right time there are a lot of people that thought hey maybe they're not even going to make the playoffs as, as crazy of a thought as that would be uh, but they got hot right at the at the right time look it's it's a daunting task there's no doubt about it it's a daunting task when you have to uh, take on Colorado I mean they were a lot of people's favorite to, to, to start the series the, the season. And, you know, they end up winning the president's trophy and, you know, president trophy curse aside, um, that that's going to be a tough, tough series. Look, I still like Colorado. I, I do. I, I think Joe Sackick did it the way that Steve Eiserman wants to do it. You take your lumps for a few years and you keep accumulating some young talent and, and, and good young talented players and you build around that. And, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself with a perpetual contender. What's up with Montreal, uh, Toronto, not starting till Thursday, Sean? Are you uh, you going to be a little impatient this week? Yeah, yeah, a little impatient. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, you know, obviously with with COVID in the North Division, I mean, it ran ra- you know rough shot o- over that division. I mean, first Montreal was out, and then you had uh, you know Vancouver out for a while, so we're, there were a lot of games left over. Um, it's crazy. First time since 1979, those two teams have played. Um, and, and the last time the Leafs beat the Habs in the playoffs, 1967, the last time the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. That division isn't good. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I'm not taking anything away from Toronto because Toronto certainly is the best uh, of the bunch in that division. But if Toronto doesn't come out of the North, I, I, I'd be drop dead stunned. I, just those other three teams are so inconsistent. I think Toronto is, is the best in the bunch in that North. Uh, We'll obviously keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Donald Trump wrote The Art of the Deal. Troy Weaver may be writing The Art of the Tank. Uh, I I absolutely love what Troy Weaver has done with that Pistons team. Uh, I couldn't agree more. The right way. And and I'd love to get your thoughts on on where this team is at, because I think their trajectory is going up. You know, Nick probably heard me say this a half dozen times over the last few years. The Pistons for over a decade were a hamster on a wheel. They weren't going anywhere. You know, maybe one time the hamster's running real hard, but he's not going anywhere. And I think the best thing that Troy Weaver could have done is is sit back and look at the way that the Pistons were operating and saying, this isn't working. And when something isn't working, you move away from it. I mean, period, end of story. And that's what he's doing right now. And, I, you know, I heard your conversation earlier, enjoyed it very much. And I concur with a lot of what you said. Hey, look, is it is it star-laden right now? No. You know, there's some guys that project out to being pretty good players, and we'll see in particular about Killian. But, you know, where where it has to happen is in the draft, you know, and, and let's hope for a couple of studs and you build around that. And the next thing you know, the Pistons are, you know, back in a – forget the competing thing, you know, back near the top of the Eastern Conference uh, for years, you know, like uh, the era not too long ago. So – I'm with you. It's a, just come in and blow it up because the way that franchise was, was operating wasn't going anywhere. No doubt. Uh, all right. I know you guys got a packed show coming up. Spin on golf coming your way at 7 o'clock here on WJR. Of course, Sean Belegian, Jordan Young, Mike Fay, Brian Cairns, BC, all with us. What's up, fellas? 
Uh-huh. I am really, really upset with Sean because it's I, a dog. Is he got the Canadians hat on? Because I'm a huge Leafs fan, so I'm like chomping at the bit to get involved here in this conversation. <laughs> it's a dog. Hey, you know what? Oh, I've been a Huberdor fan for a long time because <laughs> I live in Florida in the winter. And that's all I get to watch is yeah. Florida Panther. And they are yeah. a Huberdor. Oh yeah, whatever. Hubert Huberto. Whatever. Hubert Come on, get it Hubert right. Door. You know, whatever. Huberto. Come on, let's go, boys. He's a hockey guy. God. Heck of a player. Uh, no, you know what? It's going to be interesting, Jordan, because uh, th- this is the Leafs' best chance to get to. I can't even call it the conference finals anymore. The the NHL's version of the of the Final Four, and uh, you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from the Leafs. That division stinks. Yes, Edmonton and. And Winnipeg and Montreal, they 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 just aren't good. If if Toronto doesn't take care of that division, I'd be stunned. I, well, don't say that because you never know what can happen with Toronto. <laughs> I've I've seen a lot of stuff in my years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah we golf. got golf. We got golf. We got a lot of golf. We got the senior championship. No doubt. We got, uh, you guys, we got the PGA championship on the horizon. Kiowa. Kiowa. Coming All right, so guy. it looks like you got Rory and Bryson are kind of the, the leaders in that. Uh, what are your predictions for next week, and how does it shake out? None of those. No no, Rory? No, no, not, not there. Not there. I, I don't keep know. waiting for Finau. I, I know I, I probably sound like a broken record. I keep waiting for that guy. Like one, one, of these days, one, one of these days he's going to break through. No, Patrick Reed. I don't know. Patrick Reed, you Patrick think? Patrick Reed at golf course. Fits him to a T. It really is a good fit for him. How about Sam Burns? This guy's been playing out of his mind. Uh, you're right. I mean, you want to talk about a guy on fire and he's playing unbelievable. He kind of got ran over today, but yeah, there's a guy that I wouldn't bet against. But you're uh, gonna need some length. They're almost playing eight thousand yards. Conditions look southeast all week, not very high either. So we're <laughs> looking for low winds. I talked to a couple of the guys today down there and they said they're not looking for a high winds, so Pole locations will be tight to the edges, and they can get a little more aggressive with the uh, green speeds. Jordan Spieth playing because I'm good golf out there. He might be able to pull it out. You know what? Why is Ricky Fowler playing? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's a guy that's ranked 100th in the world. Doesn't even get in because they give this guy a special exemption. Whatever. That's all I'm going to go dark horse. Patrick Cantley. I feel like he's just kind of been in the mix for, for several weeks in a row. Whoa. Uh, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, uh, Cantley, uh, off the, off gate nine. That's not nice. a bad pick. That's not a bad you got pick. An outside horse. Okay. I get it. All right. Chris, John, I agree we... with Jordan there. Let's go with Jordan speed. He's mm. playing good. You can't take my guy. What? Sorry, Mike. Bud. <laughs> I can. I mean, come on, man. Must be the LPGA <laughs> pick of the week. Mike. <laughs> what do you guys got coming up tonight? Well, we got Ken Griffin, uh, Boyne Golf Director of Sales and Marketing. Um, you know, it is the season, right? And I think a lot of people are going to be fudging at the bit. Uh, you know, things are, are certainly being lessened in regards to the COVID front and, and all of that. The weather, uh, old guys like me, take a look at the weather. It's warming up big time this week. <laughs> and and what better place to plan a trip than to, to head up to Boyne? So we're going to check in with them, see what's going on up there. Uh, territory that certainly Mike Faye is is familiar with. Uh, beautiful country up there. Absolutely. I'm going to be excited to talk to Ken, see what's going on. It's new at Boyne. I knew a lot of this stuff being there for so many years was in the works. And it's pretty cool to see it's coming true. Good stuff. All right. Don't go anywhere. Spin on golf coming your way at 7 o'clock. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you next weekend. 
Have yourself a wonderful Sunday. Spin on golf coming your way next here on WJR.